what is going on guys and welcome back to the sports session with Alec Ramirez as always I'm your host Alec Ramirez and it has been a very good week of football I gotta be honest with you guys I really enjoyed this week I know my Patriots didn't play due to COVID circumstances but it is what it is I believe it was a pretty good week for football so with that being said let's get right on into it and let's start with probably what will be the most heartwarming story of this NFL season, Alex Smith has officially returned to football. Now, granted, I understand the Washington football team got rolled 30-10 to 10 by the Los Angeles Rams this past weekend, but that isn't what this story is about, all right? Now, for those who need a refresher course, Smith hasn't played football since November 18th of 2018 when he broke his tibia and fibula that required 17 surgeries to repair. 17. On top of that, he dealt with a serious infection after the surgery in which doctors really believed that he might have to get his leg amputated. And for my viewers that don't know what that means, that means he was going to lose his leg. Nonetheless, despite all the obstacles in his way, this past Sunday, we got to see Alex Smith come under center once again. And he didn't have the best comeback game. He only threw for 77 yards. But like I said, it was just great to see Alex Smith back on the field once again. This is the quarterback. I grew up watching at Candlestick when my grandparents would take me to 49er games. And honestly, I was just ecstatic to see him back. I'm so happy for him. I'm glad he made it all the way back. I don't expect him to start starting for the Redskins all of a sudden. I do expect Dwayne Haskins to resume his starting role. I know he had a stomach virus this past week, but it was still nice to see Alex Smith come in, do the improbable, and complete the circle of healing. Now let's get into some real serious business here. Let me talk real quick about my boy, A.J. Green. Now, I thought this was going to be an uplifting season for Green. I thought it was going to be a comeback year. After last year, he had a ton, tons of injuries to deal with. And it's honestly been a complete bummer to see him do pretty much nothing, all right? In the five games he's played, he's only compiled 119 total receiving yards. And his frustration is definitely set in. Towards the end of the Baltimore versus Cincinnati game, Green was already sidelined with a hamstring injury. Now, I'm not sure if that's 100% true. I don't know if he just got pulled. However, he was caught talking to one of his coaches, and one of his clear sentences that was viral on Twitter and Instagram was him mouthing the words, just trade me. Now, we're talking about a seven-time Pro Bowler and a man on a mission, in my opinion. Really, I feel A.J. Green can make many teams happy at the age of 32. It's very clear the Bengals have already favored Tyler Boyd and rookie wide receiver T. Higgins. So I feel like it's honestly in both parties' interest to just make a deal and get A.J. Green dealt. Now, I would love to see him in New England as a potential wide receiver one. However, it's 50-50 because we did risk a couple picks last year for Sanu thinking we were going to get the same result, and that's not what happened. But there are several teams I feel could make a push for A.J. Green and could definitely benefit from his skill set, uh, those teams being the Jets for one. Sam Darnold definitely could use a deep threat to play with. Uh, the Broncos could definitely use another wide receiver with Sutton out for the year. And Philadelphia just has wide receiver problems every single year it seems like so with the trade line being november 3rd i would hope that the Bengals can definitely deal aj green out of there so he can go make another team happy make himself happy because it is clear clear frustration from him and i definitely don't like to see that from one of my favorite wide receivers especially a guy who i thought was going to be a complete tyrant this season but we haven't really been able to see it now another guy that i thought was going to be really good this season but really is not 
he hasn't been good since he got to the team actually is Mr. Le'Veon Bell. Now yes, Le'Veon Bell did get released and I won't sit here and act surprised, okay? I'm not going to say, "Oh, hey, damn, Le'Veon got released." No, I I already expect that. What I am still surprised is that this man Adam Gase still has a damn job in football. I believe just like Dan Quinn with the Falcons, he is next to go. I believe Adam Gase needs the boot. So real quick, let me just run you down Le'Veon's stats. So Bell played 17 games with the Jets. In those 17 games, he rushed for 264 attempts. Not one of those attempts was for more than 20 yards. He didn't have one game out of those 17 games for 100 yards. And he only had four touchdowns. There is a problem when somebody as good as Le'Veon can be is putting up weenie numbers like that. There's definitely an issue there. Now, this definitely was a high-risk, high-reward situation for the Jets, and it didn't pay off. So it's definitely time to talk about who's really to blame for this situation. Now, Adam Gates single-handedly is destroying the Jets, in my opinion. He's... He's honestly one of the most hated men in New York, and he's only done that in about a year and a half. A year and a half, folks. Really. He traded away Jamal Adams for a couple draft picks, in which case the Jets aren't good at drafting and developing. What do you need draft picks for if you can't develop them correctly? He turned a top three pick quarterback into... into meh. That's the way I can only describe Sam Darnold at this point. Meh. He has his games, you know, little razzle-dazzle here and there. But what's he really doing? At the end of the day, the Jets aren't winning a whole lot. So I think if the Jets want to start winning or even be a mid-level grade team, like just be decent, they're going to have to give Gase the boot. They need to rebuild the entire front office, in my opinion, because I feel the talent factor could be there. Sam Darnold is good. He's not a bad player. You know, they have Crowder there. He makes plays. Like I said, the talent factor is there. Defensively, Desir's becoming his own. CJ Mosley's still there patrolling the yard. And I just feel like the front office isn't doing its job for the Jets. It isn't developing players. It isn't making good moves. It's keeping Adam Gase. Adam Gase, folks. If the Jets want to win, he needs to go. That is what I'm going to say. We had a huge upset this weekend in Kansas City. Anyone who was able to catch the Chiefs and Raiders game watched the best Las Vegas Raider football since they've changed their name to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, for weeks, I've preached to the Raiders, just feed the damn ball to Josh Jacobs and the success will come. Now, in retrospect, he only ran for 77 yards this past weekend, but he did have 23 attempts. With two of those being for touchdowns, Carr also probably had the best game of the season so far for him. He threw for a season-high 347 yards and three touchdowns. He also showed off 10 different pass catchers going 22 for 31. And definitely this week, Carr was a huge key to the Raiders' success. He's slowly getting comfortable. He's slowly becoming what Vegas needs. And hey, i seen him tuck the ball a couple times. He didn't get a whole lot of yards, but I'm glad he's not being afraid to run anymore. If Carr can get comfortable, I definitely think Vegas is in for a fun and wild ride this season. 
Speaking of wild rides, we have the Cleveland Browns, who the first time in 26 years find themselves 4-1 and inside the NFL's top 10 teams. Now granted, their first and only loss was to Baltimore in week one, but since then they've been on a roll. They beat Cincinnati, which was the Heisman versus Heisman game. Super highly anticipated game Thursday Night Football. That was a good one. They beat Washington, who's, yeah, they're pretty mediocre. So, yeah, we can talk about that one. They beat Dallas. That right there was the game where the Browns started opening eyes. Now, they beat the Indianapolis Colts, who are top 10 NFL team, according to the NFL. They're listed as number 10, so that is definitely raising a couple eyebrows. Now, if they can beat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers and possibly knock them out of first place in the AFC North, I feel the rest of the NFL is definitely going to have to start paying attention to what the Cleveland Browns are cooking up. Now, on the other side of that in the AFC North is the Steelers. Now, the Steelers can be contenders or they can be pretenders. Now, Big Ben has been on a complete tyrant since he's been back. He has just, he's just been great. He's played great football for an old guy. They beat the New York Giants, who, like I said, they're a mediocre team as well. Denver, impressive win. Houston, who's meh this season, very meh. And they beat Philly, who's beat up. So they're 4-0, and they had their bye week because of the whole, you know, Titans scandal with COVID. But in all the four games that they've played, Big Ben has thrown for at least 230 yards and two TDs. He has a couple games with three. And not to mention the Steelers' weapons that they've been featuring have been on fire since the beginning of the season. Smith-Schuster had week one with two touchdowns. Deontay Johnson had his way with the Broncos in week two. In week three, James Conner ran all over Houston for 109. Week five, Pittsburgh showed off their rookie, Chase Claypool, who had 110 yards and three touchdowns. And defensively, the Steelers are honestly in sync. If they can continue to stay undefeated, I definitely think they can be some serious contenders. However, if they do lose to the Browns, it's definitely going to raise an eyebrow if they're pretenders. This past weekend, we also seen Kyler Murray finally put himself back in the win column. Now, despite having back-to-back -back losses, he did have three total touchdowns in both of those games. But beating the Jets this past week has definitely put the Cardinals back on track for success. Murray threw for a season-high 380 yards, and he had two total touchdowns to go with it. And he'll have to keep that going against the Dallas Cowboys, who are honestly pretty beat up. And I feel like Murray could, Murray could be a threat on this game, only because, one, they're missing two linebackers, which can be a problem for the defense. And two, Kyler Murray's undefeated at AT&T Stadium, for those who didn't know. His number one weapon has also reclaimed his throne as the number one wide receiver in the NFL right now. DeAndre Hopkins leads the league in receiving yards with 528 yards. And he's also a favorite for me to win Offensive Player of the Year if he keeps this play playability up. Now the Cardinals definitely need this win to build momentum for the Week 7 matchup against the division rival Seattle Seahawks. So I definitely expect them to come out playing hard and scoring a whole lot of points. Staying in the Cardinals division real quick, let's talk about the highly anticipated... 49ers who really didn't live up to the expectations this season now yes they have a hospital full of injuries but when you proclaim yourself as the so-called hot boys then you should definitely keep that energy as a team as a whole now losing to the cardinals when they were at 100 percent the first week was already a question mark to this 49ers team then they went and defeated both new york teams while sustaining a ton of injuries on both sides of the ball However, Philadelphia came in banged up week four as well, and they went on to beat the Niners, and then it got really bad after that. 
Sunday, the reigning NFC champs got drilled by the Miami Dolphins, letting Fitzpatrick look like an honest top five quarterback. He's not, but the Niners made him look that way. He threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns to tag along. Garoppolo came back from his two-week injury, and it was complete garbage. He had two interceptions and 77 yards before being benched for Beathard. Now, they can say it was because of injury. They can say it was because they were saving him. I'm going to say it was because he was playing like garbage. All right? Going forward, it's just going to be worse. They play the Rams and Aaron Donald. They got Gilmore and the Pats. And then they got to play the Seahawks, who are undefeated for the time being. Then on top of that, they got to go play Green Bay and the Saints right after. So it's not going to be an easy road. So I don't know if they've put the quest for six banners away yet. But they should definitely keep them out and just add a little paper on the bottom. And put quest for six wins. Because right now, folks, it is looking rough for the San Francisco 49ers. And lastly on the agenda, we have the Sports Sesh Fab Four check-in. Justin Jefferson did have a quiet week. He had three catches for 23 yards. However, that is Kirk Cousins' fault. I'm going to put that one on him because he played like Dookie this past weekend. Jerry Judy was on a bye. Now, CeeDee Lamb had a huge week with eight catches for 124 yards. No touchdowns, but 124 yards. That's a playmaker right there. Henry Ruggs had two catches for 118 yards with a touchdown. Welcome back, Henry. I have to see more from you because rugs can be a damn star. But that is going to be all for me this week, folks. Thank you all for listening. See you at next week's sesh. Peace.